For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 262 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And, as we discussed last week, our good buddy Will Witten is going to be away for a couple of weeks. I am happy to report that as of this morning, his new baby is here. Everybody is doing excellently. So, that's good to hear. He's good. His wife's good. New baby's good. All you can really ask for in such crazy times right now. So just figured everybody would want an update on that. So he's off and away being a newly minted dad to the second kid. And he'll be back uh, in the next couple weeks or so. But also, as we discussed last week, I'm going to line up some guests for while Will, Will is away. And this week we have a very special guest, I believe making his second appearance on blue harvest if you are a listener to the bad motivators you'll know him if you are a patreon subscriber to the bad motivators which you should be you will know that i talked this dude's ear off for three hours about the band tool it's our buddy eric strothers hey man thanks so much for having me on i uh i suspect that there was tons of people when they said bad motivators instantly opened up their podcatcher and were hovering over the pause button <laughs> waiting to see who you said but it's me everybody <laughs> wow starting off a little uh side shade already uh, uh, i love those guys um so thanks for coming on buddy there is one thing i did not want to do and that was a solo episode so i'm glad you were uh down to come on <coughs> when uh when i asked you last week yeah, super stoked, man. And congratulations, Will and family. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I told him to keep me updated, and he sent me pictures this morning, and everything seems to be going well, and you know, he was able to be there when the baby was born, so that's good. Oh, good. Yeah. So, um, we've got some stuff to talk about this week, some pretty exciting, cool stuff. Nothing major, you know. We're not going to be talking about the next announced Disney Plus series or... You know, anything like that, but little bits and pieces. Before we get to that, though, 
you should like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. I've been streaming a few times a week on Twitch, currently tearing through Ghost of Tsushima, a uh, a front runner for my game of the year so far. Wow. Uh, so come on by and, and hang out in the chat. We've had a few listeners coming by. It's been a good time. And uh, you can email us your voicemails or just regular old email questions at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And if you really enjoy our show, if you're like, man, I like this show, I like these guys, then you should check out our Patreon, where for as little as $3 a month, you get exclusive access to a special RSS feed where we post all kinds of bonus shows. Our most recent release is a brand new episode of Cooking with Will. So if you miss Will this week, then just hop on over to the Patreon and hear what he has to say. And we've got all kinds of other bonus shows. Star Wars Year by Podcast, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws, which Jesse and I will be recording a special episode this weekend. Uh, we got something planned that should be kind of fun. We'll see how that goes. Blue Harvest Adventures, Masters of Harvest Kasi, Podula Rasa, all kinds of bonus shows. So if you're feeling squirrely and you're not already a patron, check it out. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. I'm having trouble with the intro this week. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big thanks to all our current patrons. So how's it been going, buddy? Man, it has been excellent. And even when it's not excellent, I've really been trying to dig deep and just act like it's excellent so that I'll feel better. Um, honestly, man, things are pretty, pretty good. Uh, my wife and kids have really been awesome through all this. So we're having a good time. Good. Yeah. Um, we got some pretty good news. Um, you know, Jesse has been out of work since March 17th. So over four months now. And that has been its own brand of anxiety inducing, uh, craziness, you know, uh, but it's been all right, you know getting by can't can't complain too much well she got word that she's been accepted into a special training program and she's going to start that at the end of august as like a 12-week intensive tech training boot camp program so by the end of the year they help with like job placement and stuff she should be uh, on her path to a new career that's awesome, man. Seriously, yeah. that is really cool. Good on her. Yeah, man, I'm super proud of her. She, she's she been really uh, dedicated to <clears throat> doing all the pre-work and, you know, staying on the application prog- process for this program. And, you know, I could tell it was something she really wanted. And I was a little nervous because there's limited spots. And, you know, I just didn't want her to be disappointed. So when the word came down that she is accepted and gets to start at the end of August, I was real stoked. So... Um, yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm real proud of her. Anyways, um, what you been playing on that Xbox, buddy? <laughs> well, believe it or not. So, um, and and first I want to say, Hawes, you have been such excellent help with you know advice on games and that sort of thing. And 
after I uh, went back through on May the 4th when they gave the Fallen Order update, I decided to go back through it again and thought, you know what, I'm going to 100% this thing with the achievements and whatever they call that on Xbox. And uh, on PlayStation, they call it Platinum, right? Yeah, I think you just... Yeah. On Xbox, that's getting all the achievements. There doesn't seem yeah. to be a special term like they have for PlayStation. So I did that, and uh, I've been playing a lot of Battlefront 2 and totally getting owned by every kid that plays it. Uh, I got some pretty hateful messages in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then some pretty hateful ones during the day from my own six now six-year-old son. But uh, oh, brutal. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I played uh, Back to the Future. Which nice. was, you know, it's a different style of game. And I decided, well, I got almost all the achievements. So I'll go ahead and get those. And then I pulled out a game that I bought for my daughter. And she really hasn't played much. So I'm like, I'll play this and get her interested in it. So she'll pick it up. And that is Spyro, the oh, trilogy. Nice. And you know what, man? I'm, I'm really enjoying it. That game is cool. Spyro, those are some good games. Like, I feel like those and... I don't know, sometimes like, uh, what would you say, like Crash Bandicoot and um, Sly Cooper is another one, like these sort of cartoony mascot games. Like, I feel like people look down on them sometimes, but they can be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and because I mean, it's not super hard. And in the reward system of just, you know, getting 100% on the levels is like, hee-hee, I accomplished something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it's a good time. Oh, so my son, he just turned six last weekend, and one of the things I got him, he really wanted the girls' Ghostbusters Lego game, but there is no such thing. It is an add-on to Lego Dimensions, which they ah. have discontinued. So I dug deep and went ahead and bought Lego Dimensions. You know, there's several places where you can find unopened new ones still, and uh, picked that up with the game pad and the whole bit. And if you guys aren't familiar with it, what it is is it ships with this little... Um, pad that has like two led panels in it and then this circle <coughs> with, some, with some leds in it and you plug it in usb and all the figures or whatever comes with it have these little rfid tags basically is what they are some kind of scan scannable tag on the bottom and the game actually incorporates the movement of those things on that pad well it is pretty neat anybody anybody who's into the lego stuff this is a neat one man yeah it's it's sort of lego's version of disney infinity or yes exactly uh, what was skylanders like that sort of i think they call it a toys to life system is what those type of games were called that whole genre has seemingly died out um which is kind of a shame because i i dug disney infinity and then there's another one that I have a bunch of the toys for that's pretty cool called Starlink that is spaceships. So you would buy huh. the different ships and they have modular pieces that you can take on and off. So like in the game, if you want different missile launchers or lasers or whatever, you actually attach those physically to the plastic ship model and it changes it in game and you can swap out, swap out pi uh, pilots and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really neat system, um, but it seemed to be dead in the water as soon as it launched. Like, they launched huge with all these different ships and pilots and stuff, and then, you know, that was sort of it, um, which is a shame, because I do 
kind of dig. Like I never got into Skylanders and then Disney Infinity came along and I held off because I knew eventually they'd bring Star Wars into it. And then the year they bring Star Wars into Disney Infinity is the last year they do it. Right. <clears throat> but still a lot of fun to, to mess around with. Well, my wife was looking at the uh, like the back of the box, I guess, for Dimensions, and she goes, oh, I see they've got a Back to the Future thing here with a little DeLorean and all that. Are you going to get that? And I was like, um, I already bought it. It's upstairs in the box still. <laughs> I was just waiting until Henry opened this. So yeah. I'm going to bust that out and drive around in it. They have some cool add-ons for that. Um, I can't remember. I think maybe they did like a Jurassic Park, maybe? Maybe I'm wrong about that one. Maybe I'm just thinking of regular, like, Lego Jurassic Park. Maybe so. That <laughs> is a really good game, too. But uh, So are you and uh, the kids excited about Lego the Skywalker Saga? Oh, my gosh, yes. My son keeps asking me when it's coming out. Like, he can't. It's, it's my birthday month, buddy. I hint, it, he hint, hint. Tell mom. I already know what to get dad. Yeah. So, have, yeah. Have they nailed down a specific release date for that? I want to say it's October 20, I think. Oh, well, that's actually going to come out on the same day as something else we're going to be talking about. Um, wow, interesting that that's coming out so close to... Yeah, Wikipedia has the release date as uh, October 20th. Man, October is going to be a double release for Star Wars video games, Lego Star oh, Wars yeah. Saga and Squadrons. <clears throat> Man... Yeah, I suspect that that's going to be a tough month for me financially. I'm glad that the band is finally like right on the cusp of getting back out there to play a gig here and there. Yeah. Oof, be careful, buddy. Oh, dude. I am. I always err on the side of caution in all this. Yeah, we got to get you like a kick-ass glam metal rock mask. Well, that would actually be kind of cool. Maybe I could just start like a a gore tribute band or oh, something dude that would be awesome <laughs> you'd be odorous what's that guy's then that one of the guy's name odorous i can't remember any of their names <laughs> man i have no idea we'll just get you a sick slipknot mask even though you guys don't even play slipknot we'll find one of those because i'm sure they make uh, like uh you know replicas of those Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That would be a good idea, too, man. Mm. I could always wear my on-brand bad motivators masks. I mean, yeah, that's an option, but I figure, you know, type of band you're in, you want to bring a little extra flair, maybe we take one of your bad motivators masks and we bedazzle it. Or put, like, those, um, you know, those those belts that have the little pyramid studs on them? Oh, yeah. And we'll put yeah, those, yeah. those on it or something, get arts and crafts with it. That'd be cool. Or, you know, I could just take my Stormtrooper helmet and, like, attach horns to it. Hmm. And, oh, man, Perfect. singing would be rough, though. Well, get, you get, like, a, one of those uh, mics, that, like a headset mic, and you just put the helmet over it. <laughs> I have one of those for my Stormtrooper rig <laughs> that I never use. Yeah, just for probably way more set up than you would have to want to bother with, but I'm sure there's a way. Dude, I'm exhausted just thinking about having to like put it all up whenever the gig's done. So, well, uh, so we have some stuff to talk about this week. I guess we'll roll roll into this one first because you mentioned October twentieth. Well, on October twentieth, we have a new sort of Star Wars guidebook 
type thing coming out that's pretty fucking cool. This one's right up my alley as is it up yours, I imagine. It's Star Wars The Lightsaber Collection. Um, and this was something that I've been sort of hearing, uh, whispered about, I feel like, for a couple of months here and there. But it got its formal announcement last week during the San Diego Comic-Con at Home thing they did. Uh, did. And it's coming out. Let me double-check the date so I'm not misleading people. But, yep, October 20th, the same day as the Lego game. And this just seems to be sort of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, a visual dictionary or a reference guide to all the different Star Wars lightsabers or lightsabers in Star Wars. Um, and uh, like with high quality 3D renders of them and stuff. Uh, and it's not just movie related sabers. They're also going to include lightsabers from the Clone Wars, Rebels, comics, novels, and video games. So I have a feeling we might get our first really good look at some of these sabers, especially comics and novels. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for this because yeah, I build lightsabers and you know, a lot of the stuff I do is just getting a hilt that somebody has, has, uh, you know, conceptualize and design based off screen grabs and the, as the best they can. But when you get to see them up like super close and super legit, man, oh man, you realize just how beautiful, a lightsaber can be and <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, like just for example on the cover of this book the the leia saber looks so good and i i want to pull out the one that i bought and think how close does it look to this because this one looks amazing the leia saber is one of the best new hilt designs i've seen in star wars in a long time yeah like i'm not huge on kylo's saber uh i think it before he turns it into the cross guard saber it's a bit cooler but just the overall design of it isn't my thing it's like too almost industrial and like with the wire on the side it looks a little plasticky and stuff but man leia's saber with like that rose gold like man that's a nice touch and the emitter is cool looking too it really is because it's it's like this i don't know when you look at it, like you can see the color mm -hmm. of the blade, like in the sections of the emitter, which is really neat. Um, now, I personally, I dig Kylo's saber, um, cool. but only only when it looks metal, because you're right. If it looks plasticky at all, it's not nearly as neat. Um, one cool one. I'm so I'm looking at the uh, the like the sneak peek of it on StarWars.com. They actually posted this today. Mm -hmm. But it's Asajj Ventress, mm -hmm. and her her sabers look really cool. I had somebody ask me about you know if there was like a a kit to get where you could make them because they wanted to be able to separate them, but have them go back together really easily for cosplay. And I'm like, I don't know that I could make something like that that would do well, where where you could do it quick and it wouldn't fall apart when you were spinning it around. So yeah, somebody much smarter than me will have to design that. You know what I'm hoping this leads to is a really nice 3D render of the Kia D Saber and then people will start manufacturing that because that one is going to be in high demand. Oh, I suspect you're right. It's I cannot <laughs> believe that they haven't done So that's what Disney, I've heard, 
when, you know, with all the trouble they've been having since having to close the parks and just the financial hit, they're counting on that Kia D Saber pulling them back out into financial success. Well, I'm not one to do this often. Like I, I like to leave scoops to other people, but I have a little bit of a scoop for the fine folks out there. Uh, when the parks are both consecutively open, meaning when Disneyland and Disney World is open, because Disney World is open right now for some fucking reason. <laughs> um, when they're both consecutively open, they're going to have a special unveiling at um, Doc Ant Ondar's where they sell like the replica sabers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to unveil the Kia D saber as a special saber. Oh my goodness. I'm lying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wanting to play along. I mean, it would be the uh, worst. Like, you go in there and it'd be like, you know, Luke's lightsaber, 150. Uh, Kylo's lightsaber, 150. Ahsoka's dual lightsabers, 250. Kia D's lightsaber, $20 clearance. <laughs> On its first day. On its first day. <laughs> They just be giving them out like those fucking grab bags that the Australians are always talking about getting. They had rare yeah. Star Wars toys in them. You just yes. walk by Galaxy's Edge and some dude runs out and hands you a Kia D lightsaber. <laughs> uh, and then they ask if you got anybody at home you want to take one to for free. I would be building furniture out of them and shit. Oh, yeah. Dude, in, in all seriousness, lightsabers just in general are amazing to look at. Like, I've got my Luke Skywalker slash Ray hilt. It's basically set up just like it was. I guess, I guess most like Force Awakens, just based on whether, you know, like in Empire Strikes Back, there was a red button on both sides. It's kind of weird. But anyhow, I have it on a stand on my on my nightstand in my room, in my bedroom. Because you never know, like home security. I got this lightsaber sitting there just ready to go. <laughs> but 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 seriously, I look at that thing even still, and it's, oh, there's something about it that looks so cool and like hits a real nerve for me. Their lightsabers are neat as can be. Yeah, and uh, the the little sort of cottage, cottage industry that has risen up of people making custom sabers and replica sabers and... You go on these websites and you're like, hey, that looks like Obi-Wan Saber. But they call it the Redeemer. Like they're they're trying to skirt some copyright <laughs> stuff here, but I think it's real cool. Oh um, yeah. Like uh, a saber that I know you're a fan of, typically in like where I buy my hilts, they'll refer to it as the um KH four. KH what's KH stand for well the H would be hilt I oh think. Kenobi and, hilt four yeah yeah so ah. fours from you know uh a new hope and which I think I think is really cool cool that's cool um yeah man so this is right up my alley I can't wait to see you know you gotta imagine we'll see like I was saying some of the more obscure shit in there like we'll probably see a nice render of the dark saber now that we've seen that and well it doesn't even matter because they're gonna have like ezra's gun saber in there they're gonna have i'm sure you know both versions of his saber um uh kanan saber jedi temple guards cal saber from fallen order so 
<clears throat> there's a lot of cool shit that they can in include in here. So this will definitely be a buy for me. That Ezra Saber, the staple gun, mm -hmm. I think that that is really cool. The kids and I have been going through rewatching Rebels. And, uh, and by the kids, you mean Luke and Dad. Yes, exactly. The children. Uh, but it, it it's neat. I, if I had the opportunity to build one, I would. I I think it's a, a cool idea that they really thought outside the box for when they made that. Did they do they make a kit for that? I have not seen one. That's surprising. But yeah, I bet somewhere somebody does. Yeah, I'm you know, just waiting for them to really nail a cool looking darksaber. I've seen a few that are pretty neat, but I feel like that's one that still needs a little bit of work. Yeah, that would be a tough one. I mean, obviously the hilt won't be a problem, mm -hmm. but the blade effect is definitely tough, man. Yeah, yeah. All righty. <clears throat> so like I said, that comes out October 20th, same day as Lego Star Wars or Skywalker Saga. Um. Hmm. Weird. Something about that just popped up on Twitter. Um, anyways, so next up, we've got a little bit of cock-a-duty speculating. Little rumor mill getting stirred up this week. Uh, Excellent. Our, our buddies over at Kessel, Runs Transm Kessel Run Transmissions. Uh, I pluralize that run like old people do with Walmart. We're going to go to Walmart's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they uh, shared some news that or rumors that they heard this week, and that is that there's possibly going to be an appearance by Grand Moff Tarkin in the Cassian show. Uh, when you think about the Cassian show and the era it's set in, this makes a ton of sense. Yeah, just like it made a ton of sense for him to show up in Rogue One. The question was always, how are they going to pull that off? And, you know, depending on how you talk to who you talk to, they pulled it off with varying degrees of success. I thought it was pretty good. I did too. Um, so it makes sense for him to show up. The question for me about this is how do they pull it off at that same level on a TV budget? Because you have to imagine that the cost of doing that in a in a movie like Rogue One pretty high um, <clears throat> which leads me to believe if this rumor does pan out that we're probably looking at very select scenes of Tarkin I doubt we see him even as much as we saw him in Rogue One um, you know to me that's just the simplest solution to to include that character and not blow the budget up to you know, a movie-sized budget on this Star Wars series. Right. This for Disney+. Plus, <clears throat> Which, while they still have an immense budget we're talking about, they're not on the level of the movies. Um, well, ex exactly. And that's something that I feel like, obviously, the bar has been set pretty high. They had it in Rogue One, and for any grief they did get, from that they're not going to want to repeat that they want to do at least that well and if it were me and i mind you obviously it's plainly not but 
I I would spend a lot of time having him communicating via the, like the blue hologram mm-hmm. sort of thing. Or like I remember the first time I saw Rogue One and uh, I, I keep wanting to call him Mendo when Krennic comes up behind him and is talking to him and he's staring out the window mm-hmm. talk, talking. I thought that's what we're getting. And then before he turned around, now I could see a lot of staring out the window, talking in the the Tarkin voice being a viable solution too. Yeah, I I think there's definitely some creative approaches they can take to it, where you're not always seeing him head on, which is where you know the most effects work would be needed. Um, but I still don't think I think this is going to be a situation where. It's maybe uh, an episode. I don't know that he'll be featured through the whole thing. Just for logistical reasons. Right. Um, Mentioned here and there, of course. Maybe even, like you said, holograms or over some sort of comm link. You know, that would be one way around it. But Tarkin physically in the scene, probably not a lot of that happening. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> something I but but just bringing up his name, something I wish they would do that I've not heard any rumor about is bring Ben Mendelsohn back as Krennic. That was a character that I found very intriguing. And plainly, he had been around for years because, you know, we see the scenes of him with a younger Galen Erso when Jen was little. Mm-hmm. And like even before the period where she's being taken. Uh, or, you know, where they come to take Galen and, and kill her mom and she hides, you, you know, they've got the scene where they're drinking cocktails and she's in a room as yeah. a kid. So he's been around. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't think we can count him out as being in this yet until we hear otherwise. I'm honestly kind of assuming he will also make an appearance of some sort. Oh, I hope so. The The question of Krennic appearing to me all comes down to where in the timeline Cassian is set opposed to rogue one. Right. Because if he's off focused solely on the death star, then from a storyline standpoint, it might be a little harder to work him in because the rebels aren't supposed to know about the death star until rogue one. So you can't have Cassian, you know, doing his spy thing and figuring out, about the Death Star and running into Krennic and these sort of things. So to me, that would be the hurdle, figuring that out and figuring out how to work him in the story <clears throat> in relation to whatever's going on with the the Death Star, I think is the key. Um, that is a good point. That's a solid point there. But I don't think it's an impossibility. Um, so like I said, until... It, they just come out and flatly say he's not involved. I'm going to kind of assume that he is because he was such a focus and such a standout character in Rogue One. Um, and Emily Lynn's head would explode if they bring back Tarkin and Krennic. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that would be that would be her best day mm-hmm. right now, especially if they announced it inside of 2020. That's what that's what we need. That's the sort of news we need to turn this thing around, Hawes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We got the Boba Fett news that got walked back a little bit. Now we just need the Tarkin and Krennic news and throw in a little Kiety Monday news. And it's just a bang up year. 
Uh, I will say this. They're, so this they ran this story over the weekend, right? Saturday or Sunday? Sometime around then. And in that time, Guy Henry, the actor who portrayed Tarkin in Rogue One, has uh-huh. come out and said that he has not been approached to appear in the Cassian series. So that's leaving some questions. Now, you know, you could go the pessimistic route and be like, well, then that means Tarkin's not in it. Or it could be that he knows how to play the Star Wars game. Because how many times did people ask um, uh, Ewan McGregor if he was going to be in an Obi-Wan series? He was like, nah, man, I'd love to, but they just need to ask. They haven't asked. Right. <clears throat> or we could be looking at a, t- a situation where somebody else is going to play Tarkin. Because I guess in his statement, he said that Tony Gilroy found him to be too stiff in his portrayal of Tarkin, which I wouldn't agree with. I thought he did a really good job as Tarkin. And secondly, that makes me wonder how the Tarkin stuff went down because Tony Gilroy was brought on for reshoots. Right. And I guess I just assumed that the Tarkin stuff wasn't the subject of the reshoots, but I guess it must have been if he worked with Tony Gilroy. And then, like, that raises the question, was he in it originally? Or was this something they... He had to have been, I guess. I don't know, man. That whole Gareth Edwards, Tony Gilroy situation is messy. Yeah, that's something that I would would love to know how all that went down. Because one thing's for sure, man. Gareth Edwards knows where his bread's buttered and it cool yeah and i mean which will have probably a long-term positive effect for him which that's a great move uh but still knowing would be a lot of fun and i don't know that we'll ever Mm -mm. find out like even 20 years from now no i mean I i guess you know the most we can hope for is little by little people that were involved let this little bit of information out here and there and then we could piece it sort of together but i don't think we'll ever get a full idea of how it went down or what the original version was like and what was reshot and all that stuff (laughs) so it's a it's a fascinating story and you know especially considering it was the pretty much the first of the production problems with the star wars property in the disney era and was kind of like a a harbinger of things to come they would only get more messy post gareth edwards and (laughs) tony gilroy because like you said gareth edwards handled it like a champ like he was at the premiere thus far has had not a bad thing to say whereas tony gilroy seemingly didn't have a good thing to say about it. And oh he's my pre- gosh, I know, right? I I will <clears> say <throat> this though, man. Rogue One is a very well done movie. And we always talk about how, you know, we want somebody who loves Star Wars the way we do to make these films. But maybe sometimes it takes somebody who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like 
I think there is benefits to both sides, right? Like, I think if you get someone that really loves Star Wars and knows it back to front, you can definitely get a very certain type of Star Wars. I think The Mandalorian and, you know, other stuff that Dave Filoni is involved with, I think that's a good example of that. But then getting someone who isn't, you know, a Star Wars super fan can have its benefits as well, where maybe they bring something new to the table or look at Star Wars in a way that, like, someone like us necessarily wouldn't. Right. Um, And I think there's a good middle ground somewhere, and there's also room for both, you know, somewhere in the middle and super Star Wars fans making Star Wars and people who are there to do a job and hopefully do a job well, regardless of their connection to it. Something I was just thinking about, uh, I've got the, um, okay, yeah, so I've got this uh, Rogue One print uh, from Michael Pasquale Pasquale that I picked up at uh, Celebration Orlando on my wall. Is that where I got it? Yeah, it had to be. Anyway, I'm looking at Tarkin in front of the Death Star and uh, Krennic is there just right by him. I wonder if something they would have reshot that involved Tarkin is the Death Star firing on Scarif. Because before there was all this ground war that we saw and, you know, at least hints of in the trailer. Uh, And I wonder if they added that after the fact. And that's when they brought him in for the whole uh, single reactor ignition thing. And that could be it. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's hard to say because, you know, there's so much in those Rogue One trailers that were clearly part of a different version. Right. Right. Um. And, you know, the whole timeline of when and how the reshoots went down and how much was done is indecipherable at this point. So it is interesting, though. Well, speaking of um, Star Wars on Disney Plus, we got some pretty cool news about The Mandalorian this week. And that is that the show has been nominated for 15 different Emmys. Man, that is awesome. I know, man. And I probably the one, I don't know that this is the biggest deal, but it seems to be the one that people are making the biggest deal of is a nomination for Best Drama Series. And in that category, they are going up against Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. So not an easy category or an easy win necessarily but <laughs> it doesn't sound like it cool to see the mandalorian uh considered alongside such powerhouses as all those shows <clears throat> um man it's i just like seeing star wars recognized for re- re- awards because it never happens really with the oscars they get nominated but not like you don't see them getting nominated for 15 well, yeah, and it. I find it curious that Star Wars doesn't pop up in nominations for awards, and uh, I don't know if that's like an inside industry political thing or if it's just genuinely not as well regarded as we think it should be. Right, right. 
I don't know. I, I've never been able to figure it out either. I'm not someone who gets super invested in award shows like the Emmys or the Oscars where I don't think I've ever watched, uh, you know, the television presentation of the Emmys or the Oscars. It's just not really my thing. It's more about it's cool that Star Wars gets recognized on that level. Right. Um, uh, some other nominations that they got were Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance, and that was for Taika Waititi and IG-11. Um, Ludwig Gorenson, the composer, um, got a uh, nomination for Best Original Score, which makes a ton of sense. Yes. <laughs> they apparently got five nominations for Cinematography. Um, and three bids for best drama with single camera editing. Uh, and that's for episode two, four, and eight. And sound mixing is another one of their nominations. So <clears throat> seems like they really hit a lot of the categories. Um, so much so that I imagine they will win something. Like I said. Gosh, I, I hope so, man. I don't know <clears throat> how likely Best Drama is, given who they're nominated with. But fucking Star Wars lost out to Annie Hall for Best Picture. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you which one I'd much rather watch. Oh, so for sure, man. really doesn't bother me one way or the other. That's true. Uh, like as far as awards and uh, reviews go, mm -hmm. my my ability to like something or my opinions on things aren't typically swayed by that kind of thing. I mean, I've I like a lot of things that people in my particular circle might want to rip on me for, but that's just how I roll. Uh, and I don't. If it doesn't win in any of these, I that's fine with me. Yeah, I think that it's still cool. Now here's something, man. I and I had forgotten about this, so I'm glad this came up. Um, uh, Resistance, the second season of Resistance, was nominated for uh, an Emmy for outstanding children's program. A daytime? No, a primetime Emmy, right? Yeah. Okay, that's cool too, man. I would love to see Resistance get some recognition. Uh, as far as that is concerned, I wonder, uh, I guess Clone Wars probably came out too late. So it may be up for something of that, if, you know, in that category next year. I yeah, guess. I have no idea how those cutoffs work, man. It, it, you know what it reminds me of when I think about stuff like this is the, uh, the whole comic books that come out. It says it's this issue, but it comes out in this month. That you and Steele talk about on. Oh, that's his on, favorite thing. He loves that they do that. Yeah, because it does that. It, that's how it feels to me. It's, it's like these awards. Well, if it's got to be by this cutoff date, then what does the year even matter? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's probably from January to, to December of the previous year, right? I think that's yeah. how it rolls. Because yeah, Resistance would definitely fit inside that. Yeah, and so would Mandalorian, and it would exclude clone wars right if that is the case because i don't know if the emmys work the same way but you always hear about like 
movies being released in December and it's all like they're putting it out in that month so it can be eligible for an Oscar and stuff. So something tells me it's a calendar year situation, January to December. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that's about it as far as Star Wars news this week. We got Tarkin, we got the lightsaber book, we got, um, Emmy nominations, and I don't think there was a whole lot else going on. No, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I think we're still a couple of weeks from a possible Mandalorian trailer. Um, a lot of people are guessing next month would make sense because that's probably when we would have gotten one at Celebration. So you have to imagine that there will be um, something coming out at least in that time frame. I saw people making a big deal. They're like, ooh, there's supposed to be big Star Wars news this week. I, th- I think it was specifically yesterday, the 20, 29th, right? Yeah, and I wasn't sure what that was hinting at. <laughs> yeah, I saw it, and it's it was a dumb recycled story. A story that had already been out at some point. And it was that they were looking to cast uh, twins, uh, a boy and a girl, for the Obi-Wan series. And then I... <gasps> why would you do that? You know I can't hear you coming, and you scare me. <laughs> You know, you knew what you were doing this time. You you were, you knew what you were doing this time. You knew this time that you were going to scare me. You knew it this time. I was really not not, trying to scare you. Yes, you were. You were trying to scare me. I was talking about how proud of you I am at the beginning. uh, And and I was, and and I was really nice. And now I'm going to have to go to the hospital and get on the defibrillator and probably a ventilator oh my gosh i wasn't sure what that sound was it sounded like the dog got his tail under grandma's rocking chair no that was me screaming (laughs) god dang it (laughs) (sighs) oh my gosh buddy do you want to um do you want to hear from some moisture farmers do some voicemails and some emails absolutely okay well let's get into that Kia D, Kia D, Kia D, Cockhead, the only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D, Cockhead, running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Syrian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kia D, Cockhead, to so stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Lou Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Kia D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All righty. So, uh, let's hear from 
the one and only Utah Dougie. Let's hear what he has to say. Osmil, so Dougie. Just was curious on some more thoughts about the uh, Lando spinoff series. Uh, personally, uh, Lando and L3 weren't my favorite part of Solo. Um, Han and Chewie and Kira were the, the center of that movie for me. Uh, if you're going to have a, a Lando series and just pepper in Han and Chewie, I feel like why not just go ahead and do a Han Solo series? Maybe they're going to do everything, Avengers style. Everybody gets their own movie, and then they can come together for some big-type event, which would be awesome. Just wondering what uh, what you guys have to think about that and uh, any any sort of plot lines. And hashtag make a Vader movie happen. Peace out. Bye. Utah Dougie, buddy. I think we already got, like, four Vader movies. I was going to say the same thing. We got a whole trilogy of his backstory, but I can also see how a Vader miniseries could be kind of cool. You know, maybe even something in the vein of what they do in the Marvel comics. Like, there's there's story opportunities out there for more Vader. But I also feel like maybe you want to give Vader a little bit of a rest. So when you do something with him... <coughs> it's a little more impactful and cool. If there were to be a Vader movie, what I would most want to see is watching him struggle with coming to terms of everything that's happened and where he is now. Sort of like what they did in the, the, the last Vader comic run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, that would be something. And that would give an actor a real chance to, to show their chops. Yeah, and, and the thing about popular characters in Star Wars, and Vader, like, look, come on, he's one of the most popular, one of the most iconic characters, is Disney isn't going to let them lay dormant forever. Right. So the chances of us eventually seeing something involving Vader in live action again are pretty high, I think. Um, oh, I I think it's just a matter of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the Lando thing, to me, it's cool because we're going to be focusing on Lando. So, you know, as far as including Han and Chewie, I, that's just something I could see possibly happening. But I don't think it is even necessary to include... Han and Chewie in a Lando series. I think you can do a whole series just focused on Lando and his pals. Um, like we were saying last week, if it's before Solo, then you can have L3. If it's after, then maybe you bring in Lobot. Maybe we get a, lo a younger Lobot. I could be down with that. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see that. And, I mean, on either side of Solo, you've got a lot of potential to bring in characters. Like, if it's before Solo, you can bring in Kira. As mm -hmm. Actually, if it was after Solo, you probably could, too. But um, I feel like Lando carrying a series like that, there's a, it's a good opportunity to have familiar like Star Wars overtones, but really open it up to be something different. So, you know, not a lot of focus on the Force, not a lot of focus on dark and gritty. It'd be a little more lighthearted and funny because he's, you know, this scoundrel that's always putting the shine on somebody. Uh, 
but as you know, I would like to see other solo characters and, you know, as news about like just other characters from solo and the whole make solo two happen movement. As I hear this stuff, I wonder if it is all just pieces of one big thing and, you know, it's all kind of getting confused in the, in the cross wiring. It could be, but, and I think the reason the appeal to Disney for a solo, when I say solo, I mean just him, not Han Solo. Lando show is Donald Glover. And I'm not trying to talk any shit on Alden Ehrenreich. I thought he did a fine job as Han Solo. Like, I think he did a good job. Like, I don't have any complaints. Um, did it take some getting used to just someone else playing Han Solo other than Harrison Ford? Of course. But at the end of the day... I think of that guy as the younger version of Han Solo. But you can't deny that Donald Glover is much higher profile and, for lack of a better term, much higher, more highly regarded as an actor and, you know, as his career, <coughs> as far as his career is concerned. So I think that is where Disney would be coming at it from, is like, we have the opportunity to get Donald Glover to return as Lando. I think if you have the opportunity to work with Donald Glover, you take it. I agree. And, you know, one of the things that you have to remember with Disney Plus, like we were debating this on, you know, do you think that there's this will actually end up being more in the form of a movie than a series? Disney Plus is at a spot where they um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this. They're not in any trouble or anything like that. I'm just saying that their focus has to be on subscriber retention mm -hmm. and they're going to do the best with that by stringing these things out. Exactly. And, and so we, you, they also need the non hardcores to get into this. And Donald Glover is a perfect entryway for that. Exactly. Because like, I know I don't watch community, but my wife loves it. Mm -hmm. And, um, just so for fans of that show, uh, fans of his music, just all of this stuff, I that would draw people into that where Alden Ehrenreich would get Han Solo fans. Yeah, and not to say <clears throat> that we won't get that. I, you know, uh, I'm of the mind that of, it's, it's like the Snyder Cut shit. Like, it was almost bound to happen eventually. Do I right. give a shit about it? Absolutely not. I think <laughs> Zack Snyder is actually a shitty person. I, that's not neither here nor there. But uh, I think we will see Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo again. <clears throat> and he even said that in an interview lately, he was like, yeah, I don't think they're continue, you know, continuing on with that. I've heard some things here and there, but nothing concrete. So that right. at least makes me think they've been in contact with him about some possibilities, you know? And maybe... Dougie was right. Maybe you were right where what if they do some kind of like, I hate to use it as an example, but like a MCU thing where we get a Lando miniseries and then we get a solo miniseries and then we get a Kira and Darth Maul miniseries that then ends up culminating in what would essentially be a solo part two, but as its own Disney Plus thing, you know, right. 
Bob Iger said one time that they have no plans to do Star Wars movies on Disney Plus. And as far as we can tell, that plan hasn't changed. Now it could. You know, when they <clears throat> you know, are are rolling along and have a lot of subscribers and they're keeping a lot of subscribers when they have a customer base that views Disney Plus as essential or at least views it as essential enough n- to not bother canceling. Right. Then, you know, maybe we'll see it then, but like you said, there's a reason they don't do binge format on Disney Plus and it's not because they want everybody to have a week in between episodes. It's because they want to keep people subscribed longer. And the way you do that is to stretch out the content people want. Right. I mean, because I would like to think that they do it just so all of our podcasts can survive. <laughs> but, but it turns out that's not the case. Uh, you know, one thing, though, I just thought of this while you were saying this, where a company like that might change its tune as far as are we going to make movies for this platform? Is the current landscape going to change people's desire to go to the theater yes in a and so because of that if people have gotten so used to being at home and i I mean i don't see disney plus ever taking the model of hey pay us an extra 20 dollars and you can watch this movie for two days that's not going to be their niche in the marketplace but is it something that they would change their mind on as far as having a slightly lower budget movie that would drag people to Disney plus at least even if they only signed up for a month to watch it the one time. Yeah. And is, I think that might be a thing, man. I don't, I don't know how I hope the theater industry, the cinema industry manages to stay strong once everything like starts to get back towards normal, whatever that means. But I can tell you this, some of the venues that my band plays have, told us flat out look we're not having live music for a while and when we do we are going to have smaller acts that we can pay less Mm -hmm. because we are not in a position to spend boatloads of money on speculation right now we need everything we do to produce results and there's so many question marks up in the air that i think you know, that's maybe what happens to movie theaters, too. Yeah, and there was an interesting story that came out this week where Universal signed some kind of deal or agreement with the theater chains that shortened the theater to VOD, video on demand gap, to 17 days. So, to me, that was them coming to some sort of agreement where they were like, look... to me that almost signals that they don't think a traditional theater run is going to produce the profits that it would normally under normal circumstances, but they're trying to keep theater owners and, you know, these corporations happy. So they're like, we'll give you 17 days. And then after that, we got to try to make our money through video on demand. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think it will be <clears throat> a temporary measure. You know, I, I do foresee a situation where things are back to normal, where we are feeling safe to go to theaters. I don't think it's going to be before the end of the year. You know, maybe next summer 
we'll be in a position where we're you know you feel comfortable with it um but there's still a lot of up in the air especially with all these release dates shifting and releases changing right. around like doesn't seem like a single movie can keep a, a re- set release date they just keep moving them uh, and i do think that will have an effect on not just star wars but all the disney properties um it's just hard to say what that's going to be one thing i can say is that if the the studios and and honestly the movie theaters need to figure out a way to get on board with this one of the things i always think back to is the music industry that's the thing i've been mm-hmm. most involved in when the landscape changed and uh, you know streaming or even before streaming when just it, digital delivery of content became a thing the the record labels the big machine was like no we're not having this and look what happened where i hopefully the movie industry will learn from that mistake and be like let's figure out how to make this work for us because i can tell you there's a lot of movies that i would see and pay to see early on if it was convenient and i didn't have to go to the theater slog through 30 minutes of trailers and all that to go do it right and and where yeah i I think there is a compromise they can come to and and you know i realize that the bulk of the money that a movie makes especially in its theater run is right in probably that first week Mm -hmm. i don't know the statistics but i suspect that that's a thing having said that even movies that I love and would go see it the day it comes out in the theater, Star Wars as an example, I would want to see that on the big screen and I would go to see it a couple more times. But like The Rise of Skywalker was the the current era of Star Wars that I saw the least amount of times because it was inconvenient to go see it because of just everything that was going on. If I could have plop down 20 bucks to watch it at home after I had already seen it in the theater five times, I would have done it for sure. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's something that's a good market for them. Yeah. And you know, they're just going to have to figure it out. And I think the example you used of the music industry is perfect. They were too stubborn at first when the whole Napster thing happened. If they had been willing to, change with the times then then i think things would have gone a lot differently you know yeah there was way too long of a gap between napster and a service like itunes you know oh yeah that yes and i don't think that any entertainment industry now would let that happen you would hope not you would hope not well, this is something that I mentioned on the Sith list, but let me throw this out at you. You're talking, let's take a movie theater as an example. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing that there's success with bringing back these old classics and having them in the cinema. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. all these things. Once a theater, you know, once people are getting out more, I don't know if this is even an option, right? But what if you have some sort of video on demand service where for a certain price point you can rent the smallest like box in the entire theater you know like the their their Mm d-list room and you can pick a movie out of this string of movies 
man, I want to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure <laughs> in the theater. Have a bunch of my friends. We can make as much noise as we want. And it's 250 bucks or what? I, I don't know. I'm just well, you know, what's that. crazy is there's a theater about an hour, hour and a half away from us that Jesse was telling me about in the days before she was trying to cause me to have a heart attack <laughs> where they're doing ex exactly that for a certain amount of money. You can rent the theater. Uh, I think they do have a limit of how many people you can bring along. Maybe it's 15 or 20. And there's a list of movies you can pick from to watch. And I think that's an excellent idea. Like well, I'll be damned. Yeah. I, I if if I had um enough people that would be willing to make the trip to Huntsville to rent out the theater and watch Empire Strikes Back, you can bet your ass I would be doing that, man. Cause that sounds like a great time. <clears throat> um all right. So, next we got a voicemail from Jim. Well. Good evening. I'm uh, excited about that Lando news and uh, all that good stuff, but as usual, I've got an irrelevant question. Um, so, if you could name your road that you live on. Some guy came in and he said that it's contractor uh, surprised him by letting him name whatever he wanted to name his street and he was toying with the idea of Redskin Suck Street or whatever but uh, I was thinking if you could name your own road if I could name mine I think I'd name it Galaxy Far Far and then it'd be on instead of a drive it'd be on Way you know so Galaxy Far Far Way but uh, I know it's cheesy, but that's what I'd name mine. Uh, how about you guys? What would you do? All right. Ignite the green. What would you name your your uh, road? Man, I thought of one thing instantly, but the whole far, far, and then making it way mm -hmm. instead of street makes me think I would just name mine Hyperdrive. Perfect. Hyperdrive. That's pretty good. You know, here in Birmingham, we have a Star Trek lane and there's also a Sweet Leaf road. So <laughs> <clears throat> I'm only interested in one of those, but like I, I, I every time cuz I come across addresses for my job, I uh -huh. I sent one to somebody that was funny. It's not here in Birmingham, it's somewhere in the state though that was Bald Knob Road. Oh dude, yeah. That is like a thing. Um bald knob is you know like in hill in hill country or mm. mountains you always see something that's called bald knob. It's like ugh. <laughs> I hey, I just like to see people uh, taking care of their personal grooming. So if in Ohio, I'm pretty sure it's in Ohio that I saw this. There is a um and exit for uh i guess it's a state park it's called big bone lick oh my lord and oh. i was like you <laughs> and then coming into chicago from the west like if you cut west or like if you've coming down from wisconsin mm -hmm. coming rolling into chicago turning <laughs> heading towards the east is a bong recreational area that seems like a trap <laughs> it does a little bit, doesn't it? 
<laughs> Might as well be rolling around in a white van that says free candy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what I would name my road. It would probably be something Star Wars related. Um, like, I don't know that I have like a pun one, like hyperdrive or far, far away. Or far, far, yeah, right? Far, far away. Yeah. I don't know, man. It'd probably just be like raccoons and tool drive or like <laughs> Jedi circle, you know? I'm not great yeah. at this kind of, it blue Blue Harvest Boulevard. There we go. It's done. There. There you <laughs> go, man. Blue Harvest Boulevard. All right. So that's it for voicemails, but we got a couple of emails, so I'll jump into those. First up, we got one from our buddy Steve. He says, "Hey Halls and Will, long-time lurker of the pod here. Love the show, but have never written in." I just finished The Last of Us 2, and immediately after rolling credits, I started up Ghost of Tsushima. My first impressions coming out of The Last of Us is that the movements and animations felt a little clunky and unrealistic. But then it dawned on me that it feels exactly like a grown-up version of what I would say is Sucker Punch's studio's other most famous franchise, Sly Cooper. I actually mentioned that earlier. There were They were among my favorite games growing up, and I was wondering if you have played them and your thoughts if so. Because if you haven't, I hope you're aware that you play as a motherfucking raccoon with all sorts of stealthy goodness and fun abilities and gadgets at your disposal as you do what raccoons do best, thievery and mischief. Looking forward to this game now that I have realized I am just a samurai raccoon, your buddy, Jedi Master... Two of these tasticlets. Man, <laughs> somebody really got the ringer in the Star Wars name gen- generator right there. Two of these tasticlets. <laughs> Wait. That was an extremely well composed email. Two of these tasticlets. I think maybe he's fucking with me a little bit here. Two of Possibly. these tasticlets. So I've never played Sly Cooper. It was a franchise I was familiar with, but never got around to playing. And then when I was um, reading about the development of Ghost of Tsushima, I saw that they developed those games. And I never realized that that was Sucker Punch, the same studio. Because Sucker Punch, for me, before Ghost of Tsushima, they were the studio that made the infamous games on PlayStation. Uh, which were kind of like um, open world superhero games. Um, probably the closest to like an open world X-Men game that they've ever made. You know, you're, it's not specifically X-Men licensed, but you're like a dude with mutant powers. and Right. There's a good and evil system, so you can make decisions on whether you're a superhero or supervillain. But yeah, and so I, was, I got all excited and I was like, oh man, I wonder if they've ever put out like a remastered collection of those games on the PlayStation because I'll definitely get those. And they don't. The only way you can play them, I think, is on a PlayStation 3. So until they bring one of those out, like some sort of remastered collection, I'm, I'm not going to be able to play them, but I would love to. <coughs> Sly Cooper. Two of these Tasticlats. That is going to vex me. All what right. if that's his real name? Well, it said like, Steve. That's 
That's what on his birth certificate, on his driver's license? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, just call me Steve. I'm tired of people mispronouncing this. I get it. I get it. Uh, next up, we got an email from our buddy, Kota. So, I was thinking, Darth Vader knows about how Padme died, but he never asked about the children. Does he think that they died also? If so, is he so upset that Padme is dead, but not his children? It's kind of weird that this isn't touched on. At least, I don't think it has been. I guess killing all those younglings at the temple really numbs you. P.S. <laughs> Here's an old comic I scored the internet where Boba Fett has blue eyes. Thought you'd find that interesting, Halls. Oh. Well, I'll definitely take a look at that. Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe they've addressed that. Maybe even a Vader comic like we were talking about earlier. In the Vader run that I read, <clears throat> I don't think it came up. Mm-hmm. But my guess would be that he would assume right. that if he killed her, then the the babies didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is just the assumption. Um, or maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe he didn't want kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that could be. He is the biggest deadbeat dad of all time. That shit is dark if so. Um. Yeah, I feel like there was maybe a Vader comic where he talks to a doctor. I can't remember, man. It's been a while since I've been uh, caught up on the Star Wars comics. It's one of those things that I keep meaning to try and catch up on and just never find the time. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I guess the, the last few months would have been the time since they weren't releasing new comics. And I kind of blew that. Well, you know, I was thinking about this, Hawes, because um, a, a recording artist that I like released a surprise album, like totally out of character. Ta-da, I'm releasing a full-length album tonight at midnight. Oh, and there's a music video, and you've not heard rumor one about this. Boom. And I got to tell you, it made my accomplishments during this time seem pretty sad by comparison <laughs> sir it's like well i don't know if you know this but i've recorded several podcast episodes and 100 percented jedi fallen order yeah. it's it's like i wow yeah well what did you do in quarantine with your extra time well i worked i ate a bunch of junk food uh, I beat The Last of Us 2 and a couple other video games. And I recorded a bunch of podcasts that just came out exactly when they were supposed to. No surprise at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I feel you, buddy. You know, um, I was thinking about it today because my buddy Steve texted me and was like, who's, a, who's the special guest this week? He's trying to get a little inside information. And I was like, oh, it's Eric. Uh, and he was like, well, you better tell Eric who your favorite fucking guitar riffer is that you know. Because, you know, Steve is also a right. accomplished guitar player. You know, just messing around. And uh, he was like, oh, man, I'll never forget that dude's story about him getting stuck on the roof after he lost his ladder. I was just telling somebody that story today. <laughs> 
And it made me think, because speaking of surprise musical releases, there was a, uh, like a cover, a Rush cover that got released today, oh, or not yeah. today, this week, that happened to feature my two f- members of my two favorite bands. So it was a pretty banner day for me, right? And I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be neat to do the Star Wars podcast and podcast friends equivalent of that? Where like, get you, get Steve, and then that's kind of where it ended. I was like, oh, we could get Eric and we could get Steve. And then I couldn't put the rest of the band together in my head and something else distracted me. Like I couldn't even come up with a song. But yeah, that would be tough, dude. Steve rules, by the way. Big fan um, of that guy. That would be kind of neat, though. See, that's something that I thought I tried to convince my band to do was, you know, we had toyed with the idea of getting together and doing like a Facebook Live thing from, you know, somebody's garage or something. <laughs> but uh, I said, what if we do this? Because like, there's a very popular cover band from this area. Uh, called Dr. Chevegas, which is like one of the best band names of all time. <laughs> and um, they, seriously, they they crush it. Uh, the lead singer was the singer of this band called um, King of the Hill that they had a they were signed back in like the very early 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what they did was, you know, it makes it look like it's actually happening live, but everybody records their part to a click. And then, you know, videos themselves doing it. And then somebody puts it all together in one video and then uses, you know, like OBS or something to stream it to Facebook. And it was killer. I was like, that would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out. I got two pitches for you. All right. I'm ready. The first, these, so I'm counting you and Steve in with or without your permission. My first song idea, me on vocals. Let her cry by the, by Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> she sit alone by a lamppost. Okay. If you're not digging that, if you're wanting something a little heavier, Rolling by Limp Biscuit. Man, <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> I first of just... all, the range between those two songs is really something but uh oh dang it you know what i wish i would have said when you said rolling i wish i would have said what but (laughs) i know we all be loving this shit right here l-i-m-p biscuit is right here (laughs) i'm telling you man we could and steve (laughs) loves limp biscuit man he's got a limp biscuit tattoo he's got a limp biscuit personalized plate on his car he wears a red yankees cap whenever he leaves the house he loves Limp Biscuit. Not really. I am just. I was, I was wait, waiting to see if he was going to come busting through your wall like the Kool Aid Man or something. <laughs> just trying to bust his balls a little bit. I know I'm going to get a text. Uh, he's going to be working, and he's going to text me and be like, "You son of a bitch, <laughs> dude!" Somebody <laughs> took. Um, it was Taylor Swift as a Limp Biscuit song. I'd seen that. Was, it was pretty damn funny because it was a whole bunch of dialogue of her mm-hmm. that they put into this song. And whoever did it, man, that was a lot of work. And it was pretty neat. All right. We got one more email for the evening. And then we'll let uh, Eric go start learning Rollin' by Limp Biscuit and Let Her Cry. 
just because we don't. Well, maybe we do both. Uh, this is from our buddy Ian. Hey, ha- or hey, Blue Harvest. Sorry for no email in the last week or two. I literally just lost track of time, and I typically like to get my email out Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyways, at the time of this email, I'm on episode one of season six of Lost. John Locke goes on a walk about in the flash sideways. At least that's what supposedly happens based off of the prior storyline in earlier seasons. Keeping in a similar theme as King Tom's question from last week, if you could choose one planet or area of a planet to go on a walk about, which would you choose and why? Now remember, as opposed to Survival Man, this walkabout would have multiple people in a group, but it'd still be survival-esque. More like adult scouts. Thanks, and may the force be with you, Ian. Ooh, does Galaxy's Edge count? Because that's where I want to go on a walkabout. (laughs) Dude, me too, man. Uh, It's killing Uh. me that there's a Star Wars theme park. That I could be going to if it weren't for a fucking deadly plague sweeping the land. Yeah, it, for sure, man. I, that's been driving me crazy because I got some friends who have who have been on Rise of the Resistance, and they're like, "If you were ever going to weep about a Star Wars experience, this would be the one." Oh, it doesn't take much for me, buddy. Me neither, man. So, I mean, you get the force theme plan. Oh, well, okay. Here's a prime example. I uh, did like a troop with the 501st Yama Stormtrooper, and it was the Empire Strikes Back with the symphony playing the score. Oh, that's cool. And there I am standing in the back of the room with this helmet on watching Yoda lift the X-Wing out of the swamp and listening to the orchestra play live, which, you know, I'm a musician, and that means even more to me. Dude, I mean, I was probably a sloppy mess. I was definitely totally teared up for that yeah man um what where would i like to do a walk about so i hate extreme heat so any of the desert planets i feel like it's a very similar answer to last week but like those are out those are definitely out um lothal i could maybe do with a walk about on lothal hang out with some loth cats and some loth wolves and maybe explore Jedi Temple while I'm there. Yeah, I could see that. Um, a place I would be interested in would be uh, Yavin, Yavin yeah. Four, and a, a lot of that I'm basing that specifically off of Battlefront Two, <laughs> and and what it's like. Except I hope I would get killed way fewer times, but. Uh, I think that'd be cool, or even, even indoor. The moon of, or whatever you want to call it, wherever Wicket lived. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be really neat, man. Because I mean, I grew up. I did a lot of uh, fishing and hiking and camping and that sort of thing, and uh, so I, I could totally get into that. Hang out with some Ewoks, man. Doesn't take much to befriend them. You just gotta like offer them a cracker. From your rations and be careful when you take your helmet off around them. Yeah. So, you know what? It, and I think Naboo might be be pretty neat, too, because you could go, like, you could find civilization easily, uh-huh. visit some new towns. Because one of the best things, man, is <laughs> when you're among civilization, is finding the off-the-beaten-path, hole-in-the-wall diner for some breakfast food. 
And then you just head back out into the woods again and spend a week walking and then go back in and get some more bacon and eggs. Yeah, man. If you're on indoor, you could have some Indorian tip-yip or whatever the fuck they call it at <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Oh, man. Well, buddy, Mr. Eric Strothers of the Bad Motivators and the Sith List, which I left out earlier and now I feel bad. Um, I don't, man. I, the, the, the guys on the show forget to mention me sometimes, so well, it's totally fine. It's not like they list, they be listening anyway, so they won't know unless one of you listeners snitch out on me. So of the Sith List and the Bad Motivators, why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you and what you're up to online? Uh, the best thing to do is in regards to me, not the best thing to do with your life is follow me on Twitter at Eric Strathers. I'm just going to warn you. There's a lot of tweets right now about Taylor Swift. Um, it just, it's part of the territory, man. But you know, I love star Wars. I love music and, uh, yeah, that's the place, man. I got to tell you when you talk about someone tweeting about one certain thing, possibly too much, I think this week. I finally did it, Eric Struthers. I think I finally annoyed somebody with all the raccoon posts. <laughs> really? Did you lose a follower? Or I two? didn't lose a follower. Um, but so last week I was talking about how two of our listeners had had close encounters with raccoons, right? Well, I forgot the most close, awesome encounter to mention, and that was Blake. Blake and Andrea were outside one night and a family of raccoons walked up to him right literally living my dream moment and i forgot to bring it up and then uh blake proceeds to tell me like you know oh it was awesome and andrea apparently not super happy about it <laughs> but she also in the course of me being like oh man that's so awesome i'm so jealous it's probably a jackass like me that was feeding them and that's why they're coming up to you guys she made sure to let, let me know that she was blocking my favorite account on Twitter, which is raccoon every hour. They just post a new picture of a <laughs> raccoon every hour. And I was like, oh, I finally did it. I finally annoyed somebody with the raccoon talk. Ugh. But, well, you know, it's what I love. Oh, dude. Raccoons are adorable, man. I've, been, I've had a chance to hold one and pet one. A, a guy that I used to work with raised them. And, um, yeah, those were – that was something else. I totally understand the love. You held and petted a raccoon. I did, yeah. Hmm. That's that's yeah. cool. Super. It was definitely neat, man. Super happy for you. Not jealous at all. <laughs> When's going to be my time, Lord? When? If not me, who? If not now, when? I just, I just, that's all I want, man. I'm a good guy. I'm good. I, I tried to do, to do good things. Hook me up with a raccoon encounter. You know the whole the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon? Your seven degrees of separation? How is it that we've got a decent-sized listener base and someone hasn't been like hey man i know you like raccoons i live an hour away from you and we got a backyard full of them you should come visit well if that person's out there you need to get a hold of hawes immediately because if Not there's it. ever anybody who deserves to pet a raccoon it's that guy so like that would be the oh. anyways uh speaking of raccoons and how uh 
our buddy Steve earlier mentioned Raccoon Samurai. We've got a new design coming to our Tee Public store that is a Raccoon Samurai uh, Blue Harvest logo that our buddy Evan did. Uh, it's awesome. He Once again, literally, I gave him a stupid idea and he recre- recreated the exact image that was in my head. Like some kind of goddamn magician. So check out our T Public store if you're interested in that. That'll be up in the next couple of days. Um, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you like the theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes and Spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And most importantly, if you aren't already... Go and subscribe to the Bad Motivators and the Sith List. I assure you, you'll have a good time. And if you don't, then I just made empty promises. And uh, what are we going to do about that? We'll give you your money back on those free podcasts. Free podcasts. Eric, buddy, thank you so much for uh, filling in for Will this week. I had a blast talking to you, as I always do. And, Absolutely, uh, man. The pleasure's been all mine. You, you guys have a great show, and uh, it would be great if Will was on too. But um, I just appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, man. We will definitely. Uh, were you, was Will on the last time you came on? Yes. Okay. Okay. I just know. I know. Sometimes, like, I get guessed when Will's not going to be here, and they're like, "Man, I wanted to do it with Will." So I always try to make sure and cycle people back on when Will is available as well so uh we will talk to you soon buddy and for all you guys thanks for listening until next week this has been blue harvest i'm halls burkhart and i'm eric strathers may the force be with you may the force be with all of us may the force be with us